Welcome to Piedmont Arts, made possible by Quo Vadis and Ortho Carolina. I'm Rachel Stewart. On March 30th, North Carolina Baroque Orchestra will perform a spring concert called Bieber to Bach, Captivating Concertos for Strings, at the Hurt Hub at Davidson College. North Carolina Baroque Orchestra was founded in 2011 by sisters Frances Blaker, who's the artistic director and conductor, and Barbara Blaker Crumdeek, who's the executive director and cellist. And they perform regularly throughout the Carolinas, Virginia, Georgia, and Tennessee. And they're joining us today uh, to talk about the newest concerts that are on their schedule. So welcome to both of you. Thank, Thank you. you. It's great to be here. Let's just start with a little background on North Carolina Baroque Orchestra. You've been around 10 years, and I know that you've performed with a lot of different organizations in the area, performed on your own. How did you decide to start up North Carolina Baroque Orchestra, particularly because Francis lives in the East Bay area in, Cam in California, <laughs> and um, Barbara is in Davidson? Well, it all started with uh big birthday for me. This is Barbara. There was a big O on the end of this birthday 10 years ago. And I thought, wouldn't it be fun to get a few friends together to play music, do some concerts, rehearse, eat, drink, and invite Frances to come and conduct because she had started conducting by that time. And we did this and it was, it turned out I had more friends. So the, the group got bigger. And there, after, after this week long festival of music and food we realized we heard got feedback from the musicians that they wanted more opportunities to play and we also got feedback from the audience that they wanted to hear more of this type of thing and we had performed these concerts throughout north carolina so from davidson on out as far as greenville north carolina so we were excited to to do that so i sat down with francis and we had a conversation about how we could make this happen and Francis, you want to take say a few words? I think it's really important what Barbara says that not only do we, the musicians, want to have more opportunities to play together in a maybe less hurried way. You know, normally when you are hired to do a, a, a performing job, a lot of times you only have one or two rehearsals and it has to quickly be done. So, and we've always tried to have longer sessions, a week. So that's one really important thing that we all get to play this music that we love from this time period. We're also exploring some of the uh, less well-known pieces and that's a great opportunity. But it's also um, such a pleasure to bring it to listeners to share our excitement about it with them. And you can just feel it in the performances. After every performance, we always have uh, audience members come up and, and tell us how much it's meant to them. So I think we're on the right track. It's also been important for us from the start to have a feeling of our musicians feeling like they're part of something. So it's not just a pickup group, not just a gig band. And we do that in a lot of different ways. Part of it is by trying to make time within a project to hang out together when we're not playing music and get to know each other. Part of it has been during the pandemic when all of our work sort of just disappeared for a while to have the orchestra stay connected. So I started something called the um, NCBO Musicale, which is a Zoom meeting that we have pretty much once a month. 
everybody is invited. All the players are invited to join. Nobody has to. And people can sign up to play for each other. And it provided an opportunity for people during the really worst part of the pandemic to feel connected. And for those who wanted to play, to have something to play, to work towards, because you know that feeling where you're like, eh, why practice? Right. <laughs> I'll just go eat some potato chips instead. <laughs> <laughs> and so they, that turned out to be very successful. If I, people wanted to participate in it and, and it provided something for people during that really difficult time. And, and the, coming up this week, we're having a special seminar for our players that will be on Zoom that's provided by Jennifer Rogue Francoli, who has a kind of a business. She's a professional violinist who plays modern and Baroque and started a business doing um, Alexander technique and focusing it on the needs of musicians, both and both sort of to to promote well-being in your playing and in yourself. Can you quickly just tell us what the Alexander technique is? I'm no expert here, but it is a, 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 I would say a movement practice, a way of positioning your body and moving your body in a, in a natural way. You know, one of the problems that musicians have is sometimes we have to twist ourselves into strange shapes to like, for example, playing the violin, your arm is way over here and your shoulder you know, and right. or cellists have to hold their instruments. There's many things and we get these, you can get overuse problems and tendonitis and things like that. So the Alexander technique has been very helpful to a great many musicians all across the spectrum of music in helping them to keep playing their instruments. Well, let's talk about your upcoming concert on March 30th here in Davidson at the Hurt Hub at Davidson College. It's called as I mentioned in the intro, Bieber to Bach, Captivating Concertos for Strings. What's the story with this, uh, this repertoire and this program? Well, when we, when we know we have an instrumental set, first we have to think, well, what forces are we going to have? For this particular set, it's, we're focusing on string players. Then we start casting our mind over pieces of music that we know, pieces we may have uh, that we may know well, that may be well well known to everybody, uh, audiences too, but also things that are less known, things we'd like to have a chance to play. Uh, so soon we came up with the idea of some concertos because uh, we started thinking about Vivaldi. He wrote lots of kinds of music, operas and chamber music and everything, but he also wrote many, many concertos for all different kinds of instruments. So we're going to do one of his most famous set one from the Four Seasons, the summer. And then that led us to thinking of other pieces too, other concertos we really like. For example, the Bach double violin concerto, such a wonderful piece too. One of the things I think is interesting in comparing these two concertos is that when we think of a concerto, we normally think of a solo instrument with sort of a backup band. You know, that's the case in Vivaldi. Now the backup band gets lots of fun stuff to do but it um, really is sort of that, those two roles. But Bach, he's different the way he writes things. His concertos, definitely those concerto parts, the two solo parts are full of things to do and lots of notes and it's a concerto part, but the inner voices are so interesting and such a part of the tapestry that this piece is. Um, so here we have two concertos, but they're completely different in their construction. 
So when you say inner voices, what are you referring to? Well, the soloists are two violin players, but then you also have the orchestra, which consists of a violin one part, a violin two part, a viola part, and a bass part. Now the bass part will have cello as well as the string bass. And of course we also have chordal instruments, harpsichord and siorbo. But the role of these, the, the orchestra, as opposed to the soloists, it all becomes more of a, well, a tapestry is the best way I can think of it with the different threads weaving in together. Now you hear the viola part. The viola is not just going, which sometimes viola parts do. <laughs> They're moving around and, and uh, really being part of the texture. The second violin part, beautiful things happen in that second violin part. You can say this for all of the separate parts. They're compelling. Vivaldi is compelling too, but in a very, very different way. I'm going to interrupt for a second because I want to mention that we're also going to be doing a concerto that features the recorder, which is Francis's instrument. So, well, that's true. I am a recorder player, which is yeah. not that common in the world, recorder players. <laughs> other parts of the world have more recorder players. In our country, most people know the recorder as the instrument that you play in the third grade, but it goes much beyond that. And uh, was a, one of the instruments from the Baroque period, and composers wrote solos for it. In this case, it's a, another concerto by Vivaldi called The Storm at Sea. So, as you can imagine, it's going to be imitating a storm. So we'll have stormy parts. Yeah, so I'll be playing for that. And uh, when you're playing and you're using your hand style, I'll just have to conduct with, with through telepathy and, um, <laughs> and eyebrow movements. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like moving your hands up and down with the, yeah. with the recorder. You know, one of the things that's, that's rewarding for me as a conductor is the connection that you can make with the musicians who are playing sometimes an orchestra is talked about as an instrument that the conductor plays but the orchestra is made up of each individual and they're so interesting in themselves as people and as performers and so of course when i'm conducting i can feel that but i can feel it almost more when i'm playing with the orchestra when francis and i were discussing this program she's like i want to make sure that we have great viola parts and so the other pieces on the program, not only do they have great viola parts, they have multiple viola parts. So the, there are various viola players playing different parts at any given time. Well, the program is structured. Well, we've got these concertos, which feature individual instruments. But in between those pieces, we're going to have three 17th century, late 17th century pieces that feature the the sound of all these instruments together. And those three pieces all have multiple viola parts. If we just have violin parts and bass parts, we have the, the sound is far apart. You have high sound and you have low sound. The viola fills in the middle and having more than one viola part makes a really rich middle. So is that but, why you wanted so many, you know, the viola to be so represented on this program? Was it um, that you were hoping for a certain richness of sound or do you just feel bad that viola violists <laughs> maybe don't always have the most interesting well the truth of viola parts in in music is that often they are what you might call filler parts and they do play the same note a lot that 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 you know and that's fun in itself but it's really nice for viola players to have a chance to branch out a little bit and 
feel like a more uh, something more toward the spotlight. And I have to say, we both listen to a lot of recordings because it's a wonderful th resource we have now. And I so often feel when listening to recordings of Baroque music that I can't hear the viola and the second violin part too. And so a concert like this is an opportunity for me personally to hear the violas well enough as well as I want. Anything else on the program that, that you want to point out? One thing I can say is that we have also put a little bit of Italian, a little bit of French, a little bit of German music into the program. So we get a, a nice mix of musical styles. The French is represented by Jean-Baptiste Lully, perhaps the f most famous, one of the most famous composers from France in the Baroque era, and certainly from the 17th century. But interestingly, he was actually Italian, born in Italy. But he went to France very young, I think 14 years old. And he really set the tone for French music in, in the late 17th century. And we're going to do a piece that comes from one of his operas. You should mention briefly about the Battaglia, Francis, since that's an interesting. Oh, yes. This is by Heinrich Ignaz Franz Bieber. Yeah, he was a late 17th century composer, and he wrote this piece called Battaglia. It's about a battle. It's to, supposed to depict war, battle, but at the same time, it's dedicated to Bacchus, the god of wine and theater. So he's got a little bit of humor involved. Just a quick question. Is this your first performance, live performance together in a while, or have you been back at, at it? We got back together. We got the band back together <laughs> in Davidson last fall. Um, in November. Okay. Yeah, and we did we did a project where we played in a few different cities, and then but for this it's a little different, and we're excited for the project uh, for the concert at the Hub because it will not only be us presenting not all of the music in this program, but a lot of it. There's an opportunity for a Q and A with our artistic director. There's going to be yummy hors d'oeuvres and beverages and an opportunity to speak with orchestra members as well and get to know them a little bit. Well, we'll wish you well with that. And uh, I've been speaking with North Carolina Baroque Orchestra's Francis Blaker, who's the artistic director and conductor, and Barbara Blaker Crumdeek, who's the executive director and cellist. And their concert is coming up on March 30th at the Hurt Hub at Davidson. You've been listening to Piedmont Arts, made possible by Quo Vadis and Ortho Carolina.